Hi, this is Carl, and I'm here with Kendra Lee, who's president of KLA Group. How are you today? I am doing fabulously, Carl. Thank you for having me. Well, fabulous is awesome. So, uh, Kendra is somebody that I run into from time to time, mostly at the SMB Tech Fest, and uh, she gives great tips on sales and so forth. And we had her on, I don't know, three months ago? Yes. And, uh, and we talked about, oh, we got to have you back and talk about this other subject. And the subject is about hiring a salesperson and then managing that person. And it's like, oh. So before we get into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and KLA Group? Absolutely. So as Carl said, I am president of KLA Group. And our organization is very focused around how to get more customers. And today's topic the sales, hiring sales people and managing them is one of the key ways to get more customers. At KLA, we work with technology providers. Let's say it that way. We work with technology providers that are on average between 750000 in annual revenue up to about $85 million in annual revenue. So those that are getting their first sales reps. All right. And do people at 75,000 actually get sales reps? Absolutely. You know what? It's, it's interesting because people always say, wow, that's a really broad um, range to work with. But at 750,000, they're trying to figure out what do I have to have in place so I can get my first rep. And usually what they say is I don't like to sell. <laughs> and then up at 85 million, they have the challenge where they're putting that layer of management in place and perhaps getting better reps than they had before. So similar issues approached for different reasons. Right. So we, we sort of talked about before this uh, started, and we're going we're gonna to cover, you know, finding a hunter versus a farmer yep. and uh, managing that person for the first year. So let's start with, uh, I, I guess the budget, especially at the low end, like, I mean, how do you get the money to have somebody when uh, obviously salespeople want to earn a bunch of money, right? And you're going to pay them out of the profits, not out of, uh, you know, the, you know, you don't want to give them all the profit. Correct. So, so how do you, you know, supplement them, I guess, and, and pay for them as they're learning to sell for you? Right, and the challenge when you're hiring a new rep is it's going to take you about a year to a year and a half to get them to where they're selling more consistently and they should be selling very consistently at two years. And so you can sit there wow. and say, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> how am I gonna fund them for that long? Well, the reality is they'll be selling along the way they just won't be selling those two new managed services deals per month that you would really like to see from them until about that year, 18 months, some of them two years. Um, so you're funding them by having them sell along the way. It's just what you're really looking for is them to cover their costs plus some. Okay. And when you get into year two, that's where you're really looking for them to contribute. So how soon should I expect them to actually cover their costs? This is where it's very dependent on what your solution is. If 
you have and what your cell cycle is. So your solution and your cell cycle go hand in hand. If you have a longer cell cycle, your target market is bigger, and it, say you're selling to school systems, you know, that's going to take them probably a year before you're really seeing them sell very much, right? Because they've got a longer cell cycle, it's more complex, a lot more people that they have to talk to. If they're selling to small business owners, let's say companies with 20 to 40 users, that's a faster sale. If they are selling an assessment first and then the managed services, the assessment is, of course, a faster sale because there's no commitment after the assessment. Um, if they're selling additional product, then that's a faster sale. With managed services, they have to uncover the opportunity and then work it to the point where a client is ready to move from whoever they're with today over to you. So lots of different factors come into play, but I would want to start seeing them selling something at three months. Right. All right. Well, you know, it's interesting because my, my bias is always that I think that most of the salespeople I personally have hired and worked with, mm -hmm. it's, it's probably too harsh to say that they're lazy, but they need massive management, right? Because they start out by saying, oh, I don't have any leads. And then they say the leads are bad. And then they say nobody wants to buy. And then they say this isn't a good solution. And we have to revamp that. And then I need to redo the marketing materials. And while I'm doing marketing materials, I'm not selling anything. And now my funnel's empty again. And now we don't have any leads. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so so how, do you, how do you take people like me and, and walk me through successfully managing these people? So to me, there are a couple different things that you just said. One is the discipline of the salesperson to do the job. Another is the discipline of the manager to hold them accountable for the job. Um, and another is not getting pulled away and distracted by their need for more leads, marketing materials, all those things. We don't want to dilute their position from sales rep into marketing. So I always tell people, do not have your hunter do marketing. Marketing is more fun. <laughs> They'll spend all their time doing that. <laughs> so don't let them update your website, create new marketing materials, write an email campaign. We don't want them doing that. Okay. Uh, so, so you draw a line between marketing mm -hmm. and sales. And you make sure they're focused on sales. They're focused on sales sales and they're going out and they're looking for new opportunities and you are holding them accountable to that. So when we're working with clients and they're hiring for the first time, we actually work with them to put performance expectations in place for the first 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 120. So you can see the pattern, you know, it's every single month for the first four months and then it's to every quarter for the rest of the year 
And then in their second year, it's what do we expect at the beginning and what do we expect at six months and then 24 months. So you want to have those performance expectations in place because then you as a manager, what they should be doing and they as a rep know what they should be doing. Right. And you're now able to hold accountable to that performance expectations. So put those in place first. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay, <I'll> you. <laughs> so how do you uh, how do you start? Like how do you find a hunter? Like how do you know that somebody's going to perform before they show up and don't do anything for three months? Okay, make a mental note that we want to come back to that. Um, what we want to do when we're hiring is to look specifically at how they're going to go get leads. A lot of people want to hire somebody who has that book of business or they have the old fashioned Rolodex. Right. That really isn't effective. If, if you think about selling technology services, how many business owners, or if you're selling to larger companies, IT managers, are going to just switch everything they're doing because you've gone to a new company. They're not going to. So you want to understand how do they approach uncovering new customers. That's the first thing you want to hear. And you want to know their entire strategy that they're going to take. And then you want proof that they have done that before, not that they just read a great book yesterday. Right. So, so how do you uncover that? Like what, what questions would you ask? Um, point blank, I ask them to describe how they find new prospects. Okay. I mean, does that mean they can they, describe it? Tell me where do you go to get leads? All right. Does that mean that they have to have experience in IT? Selling IT? I don't think they necessarily do, although we have a lot of clients that we work with that are much more comfortable if they have that experience. Um, they do have to have an aptitude. So I can give you a great example. We had a client that was so excited. They hired somebody that had worked um, for IBM in the past. So they thought, oh, great. They understand technology. And this guy had been a customer service engineer. So you're thinking, cool, understands technology. He's worked on the equipment. Now how we got to, he could sell, I'm not sure. <laughs> But the client was really excited. Well, when he originally hired him to do some appointment setting and some inside sales, so not yet moving into sales, the growth path would have been into sales. Well, what he did is he had us train him on how to use the software that we were using to generate leads. He was going to be calling to follow up on just marketing qualified leads. Well, he couldn't understand how to log into the software. 
no technical aptitude. Right. So you're looking for somebody who at least understands how to use technology because there's your clue that they'll be able to successfully talk about it. So you ask questions around what technology do they use today? You know, and if they're using Dropbox, for example, okay, great. What are you doing in it? Um, what do you do when you have a technology problem or a problem with your own system? How do you solve it? Well, if they go Google the answer or they watch a video and they figure it out, they probably have some technology aptitude. Um, what systems have they worked on in previous jobs? If they worked in a complex CRM, like they worked in Salesforce, then they probably understand how technology works versus if they said they kept everything on paper or in an Excel spreadsheet. Right. So, um, all right. So then how do you, like, do you only look for people who are selling at about the same level? So, you know, you want somebody who, let's say, sold a million dollars last year or could they be lower or would you reach for somebody higher? You know, one of the strategies, if you can afford it, that I recommend is to hire two people because they will compete with each other and it's easier for you to train the two of them. And oftentimes, if this is your first hire, one will work out and the other one will probably move on. So if you're hiring it with that thought in mind, then you could hire somebody that's been here, you could hire somebody that's been here. Really what you wanna look at is what have they sold in the past and what was their average sale? If their average sale was very small, let's say their average sale was $500, but their quota was 500,000, then they did a lot of transactions to get to their 500,000, which means if you give them a quota of 2,000 a month, then they could very well be successful. So part of it really is looking at what have they sold in the past? What was the sales process they had to use? You know, was it a solution sale? Was it a transactional sale? And then do we think that they could achieve the number that we're going to give them? Right. And remember your number that you're gonna give them in the beginning isn't going to be the ultimate of what you want them to get to. So you're gonna start them out saying, uh, salary plus commission, I assume, where here's a little bit of money, but yep. not just enough to keep you hungry. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we, we need you to do this the first three months and then the six months and then nine months, something like that. Actually, I would give them an annual quota for their first year, but, but set performance expectations that show here's how much I would expect you to sell in your first three months and then your next three months and then the next after that. Um, but I would still give them an annual quota because if they're starting to ramp toward the end, they should sell a lot more than they could sell at the beginning. Right. So I would do that. And they have one quota in year one and then in year two, we're going to raise it up. Okay. And I know the, the question of how much you pay is almost always the first question you get and the hardest one to answer. Uh, and I know that you, you will offer people, uh, you know, a half hour phone call if they want to start a discussion with you, but um, ballpark, I mean, 
do you expect them to make 75,000, 100,000? Like what, in IT, what, what kind of ballpark are you looking at for total compensation? Actually, I look at it as base and then the commission. So they'll have their base salary and then we want them to be able to earn 75 or 85 in their first year. They may come to you and say, oh, I need to earn 90 to 100. And that's where you come back to, well, tell me about how you prospect. How do you get those leads? This is all within your power. Um, but I would say realistically, it's probably somewhere in that 65 to 85 range, depending where you are. You know, San Francisco is going to be different than even Denver. Right. And, and you can realistically get people, good people in that price range. You can. And again, it depends where you are located. You know, I have a client in New York City and the person that they hired for starting, they're going to be over 100,000. But that's because of where they're located and the level that they wanted to hire. Right. It is not realistic to think that you're going to get a hunter and only spend 55000 in a year. It's just not. But remember, we're paying base plus commission. And so the base is one amount. They don't earn the commission unless they sell something. Right. And is that base something that is negotiable or do you use there kind of a standard that you think people should use? This is where I really look at the area and we see what they're paying. Um, you know, we have some regions in the U.S. that we work with where the base can be 45 to 50. And then we have others where the base needs to be around 65. And so that's where you're looking at your area and how competitive it is. In the less competitive areas, then you can pay less. And when I, mean, when I say competitive, what I mean is all the other people competing for sales reps. Right. Not necessarily IT positions, but sales jobs. Correct. So, um, all right. Uh, and, you know, one of the things is the, the average size of the sale. So um, if I mostly sell to 10 user shops mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, they're coming in at, uh, uh, let's say, 1500 a month, um, is that like a red flag for you? Or is it just a matter of, hey, you just got to sell more to make that happen? Yeah, no, that's not a red flag for me at all. We have a lot of managed service providers that are selling on average that 1500 maybe up to 2000 because that's your average, but you'll have some that are bigger. Um, and a lot of managed service providers are trying to raise that bar from that 1500 What you're giving to your rep is a, a revenue quota or a margin quota, not a number of new accounts per month. I mean, we say on average it's two accounts per month, but usually it's two accounts at 2000 per month. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. But so it seems to me, uh, I guess, if you're, if you're looking to raise the bar to a minimum of 15 users or 20 users, 
Uh, one way to do that is to get somebody who's paid on commission and say, all right, that they're just naturally going to want to go sell a 20 user account instead of a 10 user account, assuming they're about the same amount of labor. So, you same would amount of labor. think, but when they're starting, yeah, when, when they're starting, they tend to go towards the, they gravitate to the smaller accounts. Mm -hmm. So, as a manager, you need to pull them up to those bigger accounts. Okay. So, uh, when we talk about like going through the year, uh, what are the things do we need to be aware of? I mean, do uh, you have these tiered, you know, like you want the, the annual goals, you expect them to ramp up. Uh, are there red flags where you say, sorry, you got to go or? There are, and there are a couple of things that I would share as you go through the year. One recommendation I have is if you sell more than one offering, um, let's say you have your managed services and you could have different tiers of that, but then maybe you have something else that you are selling as well. Maybe you sell phone systems. Maybe you have a um, disaster recovery solution or you have storage solutions in addition to your managed services. Start your rep with one thing. And if they're a hunter, start them with what people are most likely to buy first so that you don't overwhelm them and try and teach them everything that you sell all at once. Oh, I see. So rather than saying, I want you to sell new managed service clients, say, hey, go sell BDRs or go sell security systems. Or go sell managed services because it's the first thing that we always sell. Don't try to sell BDR or something else. Yeah. So a thing. Pick a thing to get them started and then over time throughout the year, add in the other solutions so that by, you know, by the ninth month, they're getting all of them. The more complex your solution, the, the more I would let them get the other things under their belt before I give them that complex solution. Right. So that's a thought. Now, you had asked me about red flags along the way, um, if they're not doing the activities, then that's a red flag. Any rep, I like to say, any rep, e even if they're not that great, they're a C level. If they are making the calls and they are sending prospecting emails and they're on top of it and they don't let up, they will close appointments. They will close business. So this this thought that you've got to get the very best that's out there, you don't. To have a really solid A- minus or B player is perfectly fine if they are continuing to do all the activities. So the red flag is watching to see, are they making the number of calls that you think they should make? Are they presenting the number of proposals that they should? So are they doing all those activities that you know will ultimately lead to a sale? So as the manager, do I like review their whole funnel once a week? Or? Yep. Yes. Um, and this is the misconception that you'll hire a salesperson. They know how to sell that. You just tell them, here's the list, go sell. It's no different than with your operations team. They need your direction. So they need you staying in touch with them about what they're doing. 
So I would have a weekly sales meeting with them going over what they what their activities are because they're new. So you can't ask them yet, what did you sell today? <laughs> but going over what activities have they been working on? Where do they need your help? What do they have planned? And then in the next meeting saying, okay, let's look at how you did against those activities. Did you actually do them? So, so thinking about the funnel, uh, we do some prospecting and then we try to get some appointments and then we uh, try to get some proposals and then we try to get some signatures. Uh, do you want them to work on all of those things every week or spend a week like prospecting and then spend a week setting appointments or, you know, how would you recommend they schedule that? What I suggest is that they schedule prospecting time on their calendar. They don't spend a whole week just doing prospecting because somebody may want to meet with them or they may need to give a proposal to somebody. So they should just schedule prospecting time on their calendar and stick with it. Make sure that they observe that prospecting time so that they're continuing to do their prospecting activities. That's the first thing to get dropped. They'll, it's just like marketing is easier. Oh, it's more fun to go write a proposal. <laughs> more fun to go meet with somebody. So they have to do their prospecting activity. And, and if it's my first hire of a salesperson or my first hire in a long time, how much of my time should I expect to spend with them in like the first month? That's a great question. In the first month, you're going to spend much more time with them, really more in the first two weeks. Um, when we're training new hires, we always start with prospecting training because if they're a hunter, the first thing they need to know is how, what are they going to talk about in that first call? Who are they calling? What's the profile of that prospect or that prospect pool that they're calling what's the message that they should use and so for the first two weeks all we're having them do is learn that information and then at the end of those two weeks they start their phone calls so you as a manager will have more intense time where either you are training them or you're having them trained and then you put them on the phone Okay. And so early on, probably no different than any other new hire, you're going to have a couple of longer meetings with them and then checkpoints. Okay. Perhaps the very best sales manager that we've ever worked with every day for the first month would have a check-in meeting with the new hire sales reps. And her meeting wasn't long. You know, sometimes it was only 20 minutes, sometimes it was 45, but she was checking in with them on their progress from that day, really coaching and guiding them along. Right. So um, when, uh, when you get engaged with somebody, what services do you help with? What, what exactly do you do with companies like mine? Yeah. So usually when we're starting to work with a company that wants to hire they're not certain exactly what role or how to describe that role. Like they may say, I want a hunter, but they don't know how that needs to look in a job description. So we actually will start either by reviewing your existing job description or by helping you write the job description. 
and then define the performance expectations for that whole first year. And we have a tool that we use that helps guide you through that so that you know exactly what you're going to hold them accountable to. Then we'll take you through what should your interview process be? What are the questions that you'll ask based on the role that you're hiring so that you can uncover those people who really can't sell. They're just selling you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, that's what they, that's what they're always good at is selling me. That's the problem. (laughs) Well, and that's what they're trying to do. So you've got to be ultra careful. So yeah, we'll help through the interview process and then review your compensation plan. We can help you put a comp plan in place if you need one and from there, defining the onboarding plan. You know, what are you going to do for training to get them up to speed faster? Right. Very cool. And how do you get paid? Uh, basically, is this a, do you, do you sign a three-month deal or a six-month deal or what do you do? Usually, we know about how long that process will take. And so we look at it as a project, but then we have some clients that want to continue or they take longer. So we have a project rate and then if they move beyond the first two months, which we expect that if they need to, we'll want to be available. And then we just move to a monthly engagement from there. And I should mention, we even interview candidates. (laughs) Yeah, I love doing the interviews, they're fun. (laughs) Well, the funny thing is language is such an interesting piece of this because the clients do not understand. They don't know what a BDR is. They don't, they don't have any clue. The, the, I was asked the other day the difference between spam filtering and antivirus. I'm like, okay, wow, you've been buying this for 10 years and you, have, you don't understand the difference, right? But it's not your job. And then you've got a, a salesperson who you don't want them to know how to configure a BDR, but they should have some idea of how to explain it to the client who doesn't understand it. It's like, you know, it's almost like you've got to start with, you know, here's the language you can use and here's the language you can't use. Exactly. Um, they have to be, you know, they have to have good business skills and at least enough aptitude in technology to not look stupid. Absolutely. Yes. And that's where I'm saying they have to have that aptitude and they have to have a business acumen because they have to be able to explain why is this technology important to the business? not the features that they may have memorized from vendor training. Right. Well, believe it or not, our time is up. Oh my gosh, Carl. Every time we talk. (laughs) We just get started. (laughs) Yeah. The time just kind of flies right by. Wow. (laughs) So, so give us your pitch and uh, you know, how can folks get a hold of you and see if they want to, uh, you know, just get a a free consultation. Absolutely. And as Carl mentioned, if, you would like to talk specifically about your hiring and your situation and what you might do, I'm happy to do a free 30-minute session with you. We can talk and see, you know, what I might recommend. And then for working together, if we should be working together on your hiring, if you know you need it right now, then definitely reach out. Um, But if you'd like the 30-minute session or you just want to have a conversation, um, please reach out. You can come through our website um, or you can reach me at website, klagroup.com. All right. And I know, Carl, you're going to put a link right there. (laughs) It's going to be right there. Um, Or give me a call 
and we'll set up a 30-minute consultation. Very good. All right. Well, thank you very much. And uh, where can we see you live? I am going to be at the next SMB Tech Fest in April. So you can see me live there for sure. Um, and where else can you see the that's the one. <laughs> That's the one. Okay. Very good. Well, thank you for your time. And I encourage everybody to check out the other SMB community podcasts that we have and uh, check out. Uh, you also have a blog, correct? I do have a blog. And can I mention one other place they can see me live? Um, I will be at the HTG sales peer group working okay. with all of HTG, if that's something that you do. So SMB Tech Fest or HTG Peer Group. Um, and yes, I have a blog and I frequently write about hiring or um, getting your salespeople up to speed as well as tips for your salespeople. So klagroup.com slash blog. Perfect. All righty. And of course, my blog is at smallbizthoughts.com. So thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And we will do this again. Thank you, Carl.